Hello and welcome back everybody to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. To all of our faithful friends out there, thank you for being a part of it. And uh, for your encouragement that you guys send my way, it's really appreciated. And for anybody who's new to our program, I'm so glad you're here. The basic idea is to come alongside you as you commit yourself to the habit of Scripture reading, meditation, memorization, because we believe the Word of God is inspired by God, by His Spirit, and that it has power to help us to reform our hearts, to be more like Christ, to set our mind on Him instead of on the world, the flesh, the devil. So it's a big deal to us. All right, today we're going to be in Psalm 55, and um, we're just going to take a look at it. Man, it's going to be, what, 10 minutes, maybe a little bit more than that. And we're just going to look at this, especially in context, and see if we can see Christ in these verses, and just make some observations that I hope will help us grow in our faith and strengthen us, okay? So grab your Bible and read along, or if you're driving, you're going to have to just listen to me for now. So Psalm 55, verse 22 says this, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So a hopeful verse um, makes a good verse of the day because it's a complete thought, and it it helps us in our faith and kind of grows us. But I am glad to take this one on because I want to see how it deepens for us as we look deeper into the context of the psalm. So my first curiosity is, what is this psalm? Is it addressing a specific situation? And we can look to the top, and it doesn't seem to be. I mean, it is, but we don't know which one because it doesn't say here at the top. It just uh, has some musical notations and the fact that it was written by David. But I would love to, um, let's read the first three verses and see if it gives us an idea of what uh, the psalmist David, what situation he was facing, so we can understand more about what it would mean for the righteous not to be moved. Verses 1, 2, and 3 say, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. Okay, so he's facing enemies here. And we know David faced many enemies throughout his life. The Philistines, um, internal enemies, um, even his own children, uh, his son, uh, maybe even two of them, wanted to take the kingdom from him. Okay, so we know that he's in some kind of a trouble. Let's go to verse uh, 12 here. For it is not an enemy who taunts me. Okay, so it gets a little more. The plot thickens here. It's not an enemy who taunts me. Then I could bear it. It's not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together. Within God's house we walked in the throng. Let death steal over him. Let them go down to Sheol alive. For evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. Okay, so this is one of David's own friends. We're trying to take the kingdom away from him. And so um, he's hurt here, and it's not by an, it is, well, it's not an enemy. It's somebody he knew, a, a familiar friend, and this person has turned against them. Look at verse 20. 
My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. So we know this is one of the times when someone in David's own cohort tried to split his kingdom and take it from him. And so it's in light of that. It's in light of a friend turning against him. It's a light of, um, you know, someone that he thought loved him turning against him, that it's in that condition that he turns to God. And that's where verse 22 comes from. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. A couple of things to notice here. One, um, this verse is referenced in the Gospels as uh, speaking somewhat prophetically about Judas, who became a friend of Jesus and was one of his 12 and was a close companion to him. But as it turned out, wanted different things than Jesus wanted. And so he turned him in uh, to his enemies, turned him over to his enemies for 30 pieces of silver. And so Jesus kind of references this as he says it was his own friend that, you know, lifted a heel against him. And we know that this situation didn't move David. And it's important to understand that. So it wasn't like this prayer, cast your burden on the Lord, he will sustain you. You know, being sustained and kept from being moved does not mean nothing bad will ever happen to us or that we will be taken immediately out of bad situations that we are put into. Instead, David was taken through this situation, and it did not have the ability to take away from him the promises that God had given to him. God had promised that David and his descendants would sit on the throne of Israel, and we know that was ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. But at the time, David had every reason to believe it was over now and that his kingdom would be taken from him, but we know that it was restored because God said it would be, and that David ended his days um, as the king because God sustained him and did not allow him to be moved. We also know that righteous cannot mean someone who has never done anything wrong because that won't work for David, as most people know. Um, So righteous, what it means is having right standing before God. And we know, especially in the time of David, as he will say so, Psalm 51, 23, you know, example after example, that our right standing before God has everything to do with God's mercy and grace towards us and not so much our performance, our ability to earn it. And then Jesus was the righteous one. and He committed no sin. And so he was the only one that could claim to be righteous on his on his own, and that's and still that was because of God, uh, because we know Jesus was God in human form, and so the righteous will not be permitted to be moved. I I would say in my own heart, maybe you're saying the same thing. Well, good for them, but I'm not one of them. Well, you are if your faith is in Christ. If your faith is in Jesus, then yes, you can cast your burden on the Lord. So, well, a lot of my burden is my fault. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Most of the worst things that have ever happened to me have been my fault. But nonetheless, we lean into the grace of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that he made on the cross for us, and we cast our burdens on him nonetheless. And he will sustain us and he'll keep us from being moved. Now, we know there are going to be some things in our life. We know some things happened to David that he would rather have not have happened to him. Same with Jesus. 
and uh, same with me and I'm sure you. So we have to get our eyes off of that, those things we have to entrust to the Lord, and we have to look at what ultimately matters, which is our soul and our standing with God, and he will sustain us, and he will not permit us to be moved because uh, of his own power. Now, ultimately, we see this, okay, what did Judas sell Jesus to his enemies for? This is one of the ways we can see Christ in this verse. Um, Jesus' enemies, immediately the Pharisees, and then above them, well, I don't know about above, but with them, the Romans, who wanted the trouble to stop in Israel, and the Pharisees, who were jealous of Jesus, and did not like his claims, which they considered to be blasphemous, that he um, represented God or was God's son. And so what they wanted to do was kill him. And so Judas entered into that plan. And so it gives Jesus over to be killed. Now you could say, well, he was permitted to be moved and he wasn't sustained because he died. And you're supposed to think that way. I mean, it's supposed to come as a devastating shock that God's son was killed by his enemies. If you're at all familiar with the Old Testament and these prayers here in Psalms, you'd be like, God has failed. He didn't answer the prayer of the righteous one. He did not sustain him. He permitted him to be moved. And that's why it's so important to look three days later uh, when Jesus rises from the grave, having conquered death. And so instead of stopping short and allowing death to keep its place as the ultimate enemy, God said, no, let, let death have its way too. Let death have my son. And three days later, I will raise him to life again. And death will be defeated. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And so that's a huge message of the um, resurrection. And it's one that if we're not familiar with the Old Testament, the promises to Israel and prayers like this, we can sometimes miss uh, the shock. Jesus is dead. He's crucified. He's dead. If we'd been there, we would have seen a man, a Jewish man, dead, crucified to death and buried. And then three days later, we would have seen a Jewish man risen to life again, <laughs> miraculously, unexplainably, having conquered death. And so God says that, yes, even in the face of death, that literally no matter what happens, no matter what Judas or the Pharisees or Rome, and we know behind all them, no matter what spiritual forces of wickedness in high places do, I will defeat them and I will sustain the people that belong to me and I will not permit the righteous to be moved. And then we know that Paul, lots of people, Jesus included, but we know that Paul made it very plain in his letters that we get to include, we should reckon ourselves as being included in on that deal when we throw ourselves on God's mercy in Christ and receive his life in us. Then you become one of those righteous ones that God will sustain and will not allow to be ultimately moved. <laughs> so praise God for that. So you can pray Psalm 55, the dark parts and the good ones, and you could know that in a way, because of Christ, um, that prayer is yes and amen in Jesus. All right? So I don't know about you. I'm encouraged today, uh, but I hope, you'll, I hope you'll carry it on from here. Take Psalm 55. Meditate on it. Pray it for yourself. Uh, don't let it just lie there on the table. Uh, own it. Get into it and know that it's for you too. Appreciate you guys being here. We'll see you next time.